This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Senior citizens, that's people born before 1959, are the fastest growing age group of cannabis consumers. That's according to an annual survey conducted by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And the survey says many of these seniors are giving cannabis a try for the first time, and not just recreationally, but medicinally. Our next guest has been a longtime advocate for the use of cannabis as medicine. Dr. Rahul Kare is the founder and CEO of Innovative Care, which, among other things, offers cannabis-friendly primary care to people of all ages. Dr. Kare, welcome to Reset. Thanks for having me. Now, doctor, let's listen first to a clip from a video that was posted on TikTok by an internal medicine doctor in New York. She's making light of a trend that she's noticed, which is her older patients inquiring about medical marijuana. Well, you know, nobody's getting any younger. And now that I'm over 65, me and all of my friends have a qualifying condition for a cannabis card. So I'd like to look into one. (laughs) So you are also regularly consulting with patients about marijuana use. So I'm curious, were you surprised to hear that seniors are the fastest growing age group? A little bit. I mean, it makes sense. I also think that the other age groups are saturated. So um, and and I um. It also took a while. Legalization just happened um, recently, fairly recently in Mm -hmm. Illinois. And I think it took a while for that to happen and then the medical literature to show that it can actually be helpful. And most importantly, the physicians are more open to medical cannabis today than they were five years ago. And I think that point is really very important as well. I do, too. Uh, Let's go into some more stats here. More than a third of people who are 65 and over have tried marijuana once in their lives, uh, a figure that's actually tripled since 2009. Uh, The National Survey on Drug Use and Health is this annual federal report that began over 50 years ago. It's it's providing uh, up-to-date data on the use of tobacco and, and alcohol and illicit drugs and things like that. But it has been, to your point, nearly a decade since Illinois became the 20th state to legalize this. Um, for you know medicinal use. Now, as of 2021, over 160,000 patients with qualifying conditions were enrolled in the program. So talk more, doctor, about the most common qualifying conditions that you see in your patients. Sure. Uh, the biggest one is PTSD. Um, and that's really? one that is very interestingly helps, um, cannabis helps so much with. But PTSD, um, rheumatoid arthritis, now just arthritis is actually, and and to tell you the truth, most people over 65 have some sort of arthritis. Um, but it could be from Crohn's disease to um, MS, uh, you know, Alzheimer's. There, there are so many. Um, uh, spinal cord disease, so if you have an impending disc. Any chronic pain, chronic pain is one of the top three mm-hmm. uh, conditions. Um, so there, there, like that TikTok said, there are so many conditions out yeah. there that most people over 65 have something. And, and it's still staying with me. You, you mentioned that, you know, now more doctors are, you know, comfortable prescribing this. What do you think was the hesitation? Uh, we have never, we were never trained on medical on, on cannabis. Um, we were told it's illegal and no one should use it. Um, there was no research done, um, really, because it was illegal. And so now the literature is out there. And um, the test of time, um, 10 years that it's been out, it's it's been proven to be safe. And even doctors are, are noticing that, oh my gosh, my my patients are not getting yeah. addicted to it. They're, they're actually getting help. So what made you such an early believer? I, that's a good question. Um, I remember trying it in medical school, and it relieved my anxiety. And I was 
I, I, and I had patients then would tell me they were on it, and my attending said, hey, you need to tell them to get off of it. But when I learned, I, you only can learn from your patients, and I learned that they were using it in such safe, small doses to help them go to sleep or help them with their nightmares or their PTSD that I, I became curious. And then when it legalized uh, medically in Illinois, I was one of the first to really open up my doors because no other physicians felt comfortable. Ah, I see. Uh, let's jump to the phones, doctor. We've got Russell in Andersonville who wants to join the conversation. Hey, Russell, welcome to Reset. Hey, good to be with you. Thanks so much for taking my call. I just wanted to uh, comment that uh, I'm a 67-year-old guy um, who was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and vascular dementia a couple years ago. And um, it's, uh, there's, there's no real treatment for, for either one of those, except uh, I've come to learn that uh, marijuana, um, which I've started to uh, uh, use uh, um, as a sort of a combatant to uh, some of the symptoms that uh, Alzheimer's uh, brings with it, including um, racing thoughts. Hmm. And, and do you and, see, yeah. Russell, do you see sort of immediate effects once you use marijuana? Absolutely. It, it, it's really quite amazing. Um, I'm on, I'm on a half a handful of, uh, uh, doctor prescribed, uh, medication or, or, you know, typical pharmaceuticals and nothing, uh, really touches the, uh, the, uh, the symptomology that I'm, I'm experiencing, uh, as effectively as uh, as yeah. marijuana, and again, I you know I never smoked it recreationally, never used it until it became uh, an opportunity uh, uh, for better health. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that, uh, Russell. Doctor, do you hear that often? P- yeah. Folks who are like, I never touched this recreationally, but this is great for this yes. pain I'm experiencing. It's or- really interesting. It you know you you do everything the doctor tells you. They give you the medications, but. What if you're having these racing thoughts, it's 10 p.m., you can't fall asleep? If you could reach for something, a small amount of cannabis in your system will just calm those racing thoughts down so you can fall asleep. So little things like that can improve the quality of life, Mm. and that's where marijuana really shines. What are some of the possible side effects of use for older adults? Like, What should they or anyone expect when they're using for the first time? Right. You have to start slow. You, I mean, that's the most important thing. We've all seen it. We've all witnessed it. Someone who uses too much, mm-hmm. you're incapacitated, you're, too, you're fatigued. Obviously, with elderly, we worry about falling, um, lack of balance. So you, you really want to start very slow. Um, I would start with someone there with you to assist you and help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just do it responsibly. If you can have a, a physician partner, too, to talk to about it. At our clinic at Innovative Wellness, we actually do telemedicine consults to talk about the strain we're going to try, why we're using it, that we will talk to the dispensary to see what they have, and they can take some out for you, and then you can visit, because it's overwhelming to go to those dispensaries. Mm. There's young people, they have slang, they want to sell you something that they like, um, where it's really important medically to start very slow, maybe not smoke it using um, small amount of edibles or tinctures. And um, sometimes you need guidance more than what the dispensary can give you. Are there common health conditions or or medications that could preclude you from marijuana use? Like I'm I'm thinking of low 
blood pressure. Right. So interestingly, yes, your blood pressure can go down, but it's so small that it, it is not a contraindication. So okay. really, it's your mental status. If, as long as you're clear, you're not having a medication that um, uh, messes with your mental status, then cannabis is very safe. So there's very few drug-drug interactions. Uh, there are a couple of really old antidepressants that we really don't use um, very often anymore. So it's a very safe drug. Mm. What are your patients telling you about uh, just more of the reasons that they're using it and, and just its effectiveness? Um, so anxiety is the big one, especially situational anxiety. So like I was mentioning for sleep, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a very great, it's a great medication. And I would even consider it superior to benzos, which are the Ambien's and the Ativan's mm-hmm. and a very commonly prescribed um, sleep medication. I would much rather someone take a five milligram gummy or, or THC yeah. so that they can relax their brain so that they can fall asleep. So anxiety is a big one. Uh, that a lot of people use it for. Yeah, I have a, speaking of sleeping, I have a family member who uses it for uh, sleeping as well as um, fibromyalgia. Yes. Yeah, so pain is another reason. Um, People are on, uh, you know, ibuprofen and then they, take a narcotic sometimes because the pain is so bad. And and we all know now that narcotics can be very, very addicting and a huge amount of tolerance. So if you can use cannabis um, uh, in, and decrease the amount of narcotics, opiates you use, mm-hmm. um, you're giving yourself a big, great service for long-term care of that pain. So pain, anxiety uh, are the big two reasons for cannabis use. Doctor, let's hear from Susan in St. Charles. Hey, Susan, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. I'm a 69-year-old. Uh, I'm a 69-year-old uh, retired nurse. Okay. Um, I am in great shape. I don't have any any major pain issues. I do have my what my kids refer to as mom's lifelong undiagnosed, untreated ADHD, um, and uh, I really find that, um, especially like an indica strain, you know, it just kind of really helps settle me, um, especially in the evening. I definitely like it for sleep. But my daughter has really bad fibromyalgia, and uh, she has you know, found a lot of relief. Uh, from uh, her, from some of her pain, uh, you know, she still has to take some other meds, but um, it's really helped her a lot with her, with her pain issues. And then I have other relatives that have in our family history um, really bad arthritis. So yeah. just have really seen great effects from that. Um, personally, I'm not a new user. I don't think we ever really truly stopped, even when it wasn't legal. But, um, but uh, yeah, we love having the, the having it at. Our you know local pharmacy, our local dispensary. That yeah. Can just uh, you know, I don't take my fair share of taxes um, to get a good quality, um, trusted product. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Susan. So here, you know, doctor, we have someone who did use it recreationally and has sort of transitioned into the medicinal purposes, which you're nodding because you you've seen that too. Yeah. I I mean, it. You start from somewhere, and you have to. A lot of people tried it when they were younger, and they they know that it is a safe drug. Um, but they don't understand how to use it medically. I think one of the greatest points she said right now is you pay up to 35% in taxes when you go to a dispensary and yeah. you buy it. But if you're using it medically, like this caller was, you know, she she should get her card, find a, a, a one of the diagnoses, talk to her doctor and says, hey, will you fill that out? Mm-hmm. If they say no, still there are many doctors that don't feel comfortable. There are places like my clinic, Innovative Wellness, where you can just – online, have a 15-minute appointment to discuss your anxiety or your ADHD or your pain or fibromyalgia and and get some very, get the certification that will give you 35% off, right? And you're using it medically, so you should get
get the tax write-off. This isn't recreation. This yeah. isn't like alcohol. This is really, you're using it medically. So it's important to know for people out there that if they're using it on a weekly basis, they should talk to their doctor about getting a card. And they should definitely talk to their doctor about them using it. Yeah. Uh, because there are things that... That's something that, you might want to disclose. Yes, definitely. And doctors are now open about it. It used to be 10 years ago that... I wouldn't have said that same thing because you could then get a biasness from your doctor about, you know, drug use and maybe you, you're an, an addict. But that, I think, is going away or gone. Yeah. So talk to your doctor. Be honest with them. Ask them for a card. And if they don't give it to you, there are a lot of online places that do. So um, find out. And then and then talk to your doctor or someone about what strains will help you. Like, let's use it really as a medication, just like you use your blood pressure medication or your pain medications. Let's use it intentionally um, to help um, improve your quality of life. Let's hear from another caller. Here's John in Wheeling. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing well. What are your thoughts here? Uh, I've, I've got a friend who took care of his older and younger brother who both passed from MS, and at the time, uh, he had to get this uh, cannabis illegally. And he's, he, he makes plenty of jokes. He's got arthritis now. And he's getting the, I think, uh, a 50-50 mix of uh, CBD and THC. But um, uh, I used to smoke with his younger brother, who was my age, 66. But uh, recently picked that up in 2020 mm-hmm. because it definitely helped with a, how can I say, anxiety, PTSD from my son's suicide. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. It's, uh, I wish, uh, I used to tell him, uh, instead of some of these meds that he was taking, they were so strong, they would just knock him out, and he didn't like it. And if he stopped taking it, then he was a mess. But, uh, you know, for his anxiety and depression. So, you know, and he Mm -hmm. says, I don't like... uh, the marijuana, I think it would have been better if he, he mixed uh, or, or went with a higher CBD, you know. But he passed before they legalized it. So they didn't have all the varieties that they have now. And he would have been able to have been uh, directed properly into what he needed to use to help him with his issue. Yeah, thank you for sharing, John. Uh, again, Dr. Here it comes, you know, helping out with, you know, stress, anxiety, right. grief. I, there's so many points there. Um Legalization is so important for this this one caller just now. I mean, if you could help someone who's um, who's suffering from significant anxiety to decrease that to, from significant depression, uh, and then have guidance because he brought up CBD and THC, the ratio of that and quickly uh, help us distinct yes distinguish between the two. Yeah, so THC and CBD are are both um, what are in cannabis, the plant itself. Mm-hmm. Um, one is psychoactive; the THC makes you high. CBD has other effects that are not psychoactive, meaning it does help with inflammation and, and other things as well, but um, doesn't make you high. In fact, you can buy just straight CBD, but it works better with THC from the whole plant. But now we have a one-to-one. We have we have 10-to-one. So we can have 10 um, milligrams of CBD for one milligram of THC. So now you can find what works best for you. Uh, and this is the beauty of medicalization. Now we can have different types of cannabis strains that you can try and then get the same product almost every single time, which, you know, when you were, when it was illegal, 
you just got what the dealer gave you. Um, so now they're tested. Uh, everything, um, you have a percentage of how powerful it is. So you have an idea of what you're going to use. Uh, and then you have brands that um, excel in different um, different areas. So it's it's a new world of cannabis. It's not the 1970s, 80s, or 90s yeah. of cannabis anymore. And we can really use it medically now. Uh, let's uh, get another question in here. Here's Sue in Frankfurt. Hi, doctor. Thank you for taking my question. I do suffer from uh, chronic pain and also anxiety. And I just want to know, how do you know how much to take and how to dose it? Uh, I don't know that my doctors have really gone into you know, how much do you take for pain? How much do you take for anxiety? So that's kind of my question. These are great questions. And so it, it would it would first be a discussion with you about how do you like taking things. And most of uh, my patients that are over 65, they don't want to smoke. They, they might have been former smokers. They're afraid of smoking. Smoking is bad for you. So we start with edibles. I always start with 2.5 milligrams. It's like a half of a, a gummy, uh, half of a five milligram gummy. And we, st- uh, we I tell people to take it around after dinner around nine o'clock, an hour before bed, and 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 just chill in bed. Maybe read a book. Um, you know, do what you need to do, and see how that goes. Maybe the next night or a couple nights later, uh, if that didn't really help you, we, we go up to five milligrams, uh, and you just start slow there. Um, I would love someone around you at that time and with discussion with them of what they should look out for, but someone to help there and, and kind of babysit you for the first time. After after a few times, you won't need that. Yeah. But it's important to be safe. Thank you so much for that, doctor. We'll squeeze in one more caller before we let you go. Here's Dennis in Rogers Park. Hey, Dennis. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call, doctor. No problem. So my question is this. I'm 61. Okay, and uh, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, I was a heavy drinker, heavy cocaine user, and I stopped all that 33 years ago. So my question is this. Is this something that would get you high if you took it for arthritic pain or, and I'm afraid that it would make me go back off the deep end and start drinking and doing everything else. Yeah. Great, great question, question. Dennis. Thanks so much for sharing. Congratulations, by the way. Yes. Congratulations on getting clean and keeping clean. And that's a very, very good point you make. What the studies have shown, actually, is that it is not an actual gateway drug. That's what what it was portrayed at in the 70s and 80s. Um, The truth is, when used in small doses, um, you can actually use it medically. And you will not say, okay, I'm dropping everything. I'm going back um, to alcohol and drugs. It actually will be more controlled on your pain uh, and less likely to go Um, back to those things. So if it actually helps you with your anxiety and depression and pain, then you are less likely to abuse drugs. The other thing is that like smokers often ask me, well, if I smoke now, well, I become a cigarette smoker. Right. And the truth is you won't. Nicotine and cannabis are totally different. Um, so you don't have to be worried about that. Uh, But it is something to think about and, and very important to go slow. Doctor, this is too good. We have so many people calling in, but I, I lied. I am going to fit one more in. Go for it. Sherry, you're up. Hey, Sherry. Hi. Yeah. Hi, thanks. Um, I am an OBGYN, and I am seeing a lot of my patients, pre and especially post-legalization, who are using cannabis, especially in the first trimester, for um, nausea and vomiting and also for anxiety. And our safety data in pregnancy is really lacking for the same reasons you said we have trouble finding um, 
information when it, when the when cannabis was illegal. Um, and I just wonder if you could comment um, that that at this point we cannot recommend in pregnancy, and if you had any other thoughts about that. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, truthfully, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it when you're pregnant whatsoever. The stu- we have not had enough studies out on it. Um, do people do it? Absolutely. They live by it. Just like now, people are drinking a glass uh, of wine every once in a while after a certain um, date of pregnancy. I just, to me, I would say be as natural as possible during your pregnancy. Do everything you can for your 10 months. Sometimes it's not possible and you have to t- consult with your doctor about taking medications. Uh, but it, it's in my policy to really stay away from, you know, any any, any like cannabis during pregnancy. We'll leave it there. Uh, Dr. Rahul Kare is a physician specializing in emergency medicine. He's the founder and CEO of Innovative Wellness. Thank you so much for coming on Reset. Thanks for having me. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As more senior citizens turn to cannabis products to battle the aches and pains of aging, there has also been an increase in the amount of cannabis-related ER visits. A study from the University of California, San Diego, found that in 2005, less than 400 seniors visited emergency rooms in the state for cannabis-related concerns. But by 2019, that number increased to more than 12,000. Now, we just talked to a doctor about medicinal uses for the drug, But like California, cannabis products are legal for recreational use in Illinois. So we wanted to give new and inexperienced users tips for safe consumption. Joining us for this conversation is Tom Gliszewski. Tom's an owner of Chicago Cannabis Company. And Jungle K is a media creator and cannabis educator. Good to have you here in studio. Thanks so much for having me, Sasha. All right. So I'll start with Tom. We know that uh, younger adults report more frequent use of cannabis products. But as uh, you know, what is your reaction? I'll start with you, Jungle K. What's your reaction? I'm I'm thinking to learning the fact that senior citizens are the fastest growing age group of cannabis users. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I started my career in the industry at the dispensary. And one of the first things that I picked up on was there was people from every single demographic of life coming into the dispensary. And when I say every demographic, I really mean that. Like we had senior citizens and we also had parents that were coming in and picking up specific CBD products for their minors uh, that required that medication. So it's really something that can be applicable to anybody given the myriad of benefits that the medicine has. Yeah. Um, Tom, you know, as, as someone who's a dispensary owner, your thoughts on, on some of the stats we've been talking about, the fact that people over 65, they are turning to marijuana use to, to try it. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised to hear that. Um, um, uh, I was a little bit surprised to hear that, yes and no. But, um, um, yeah, it kind of makes sense of the demographic seeking, you know, alternatives uh, for pain management, for better sleep is turning to something more natural than pharmaceutical drugs. Um, that population might be a little bit more skeptical, I think, or that demographic is because they did grow up in, like, the Nixon and Reagan era and the war on drugs, I think, played a lot into their uh, perception on mm-hmm. this. Um, but, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. So as I mentioned earlier, Kay, uh, cannabis-related ER visits by senior citizens in the state of California increased more than 3,000% in 2005. 
in just a, a 10-year span. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know that stat for our state, for Illinois. Uh, we know that the most common reasons for those visits uh, in, in California were falls, uh, dehydration, and extreme paranoia. So what advice would you give users in that age group who are interested in the health benefits of cannabis, but they don't want to end up in the ER? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it starts with knowing what is available to you. I think that when you walk into a dispensary, it's it's a very overwhelming experience. Uh, and I say that in a positive way because you're learning about all the different options that you have available. You know, you have uh, inhalable products, you have edible products, you have things like suppositories. Um, and all these can be things that might be exciting to you, but you really need to understand the dosage and what is going to be an appropriate dosage for your first time, uh, for your personal experience, and start slow before you increase because that is when you start to experience the dehydration, the paranoia, uh, maybe a little bit of loss of motor skills if you're not all the way in control of them. Mm-hmm. And so starting off with a really low dosage like 2 milligrams, two and a half, or 5 milligrams is going to be a great way to figure out where you can take your cannabis experience. I, I kind of like to... I like that, your cannabis experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell people that it's it's a relationship that you're building with cannabis uh, because there are so many different ways that it can be applicable to your life. Uh, I have been using it pretty much daily for the past four or five years now, and uh, I don't use it the same way every day. Some day I might make edibles. Some days I might dry herb vaporize. Some days I might use extracts. Uh, and all these things are going to have different effects that make me feel different ways for the different ways that I might use it. Mm. So the more that you can understand what is available to you, the better you can accurately make good judgment for what is going to be best for your situation for yeah. that day. For that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that moment. Exactly. So, Tom, at, at Chicago Cannabis Company, you've got products that range from connoisseur to beginner, right? So talk to us about a few starter products. Going to a dispensary for your first time can be overwhelming. There are a lot of options. Um, I would recommend looking at the menu before you go, kind of narrow down what you're looking for. Um, at our company, um, we have uh, low-dose edibles, and by low-dose, I mean like a 5 to 10 milligrams. Uh, we have tinctures or oils, uh, which are very easy to dose, um, and you can microdose those as well. Uh, the dosing accuracy on tinctures and edibles is going to be great. Um, so I would start there. Um, and then for smoking and vaping, um, a lot of the products out there for smoking are going to be, most of the products you find in the dispensary are going to be higher potency. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking 20% plus. <clears throat> um, so for like an elderly person, I would say that's probably pretty strong. I would look for a smoking product that's a little bit more balanced or um, 10 to 15%. Um, if you could find that. Um, and then for vaping, it's nice and convenient and discreet. Um, and you can modulate the like how much you're inhaling a little bit better. So vaporizing is another great mm-hmm. uh, product to use. Yeah. Okay, uh, your content uh, meets people where they are in their cannabis journey. I, I'm clear on that from the way you even talk about the experience, you know, so whether choosing between like flour or vapes or edibles, as you hear Tom sort of running through a few, Mm -hmm. can you slow us down here with some definitions that folks should be familiar with? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sativa, hybrid, like what is all that? And does it matter? (laughs) Uh, Of course, of course. So keep in mind, all these things are going to be 
let's call them guidelines to help understand what the experience that this certain product is going to be giving you. Uh, because if you ask a consumer versus a cultivator what sativa versus indica is, they're going to give you two different answers. But mm-hmm. we're talking about the entry level. So in short, uh, sativa is known to give you more uplifting effects. So you can experience euphoria, creativity, things of that nature. Uh, indicas are known for giving you a little bit of a more sedative effect. So there's a terminology, indica in the couch, right? So oh. it's easy to sink into the couch, kind of mellow out. And so people want to use for sleeping. Exactly. Or, you know, just read, enjoy some TV. Um, and then hybrids, as you could imagine, are going to be somewhere in between that spectrum, right? Now, that could be on the sativa-leaning side. That could be on the indica-leaning side. But what is going to make up where this falls on the spectrum is going to be the molecules in the product called cannabinoids. Now, cannabinoids are the things like THC, CBD, CBN. These are each individual molecules that are going to make you feel a certain way. So THC is the psychoactive molecule. CBD is the things that are in the cannabis plant that bring you the anti-inflammatory properties, the Basically, everything that makes you feel good without actually making you psychoactively high, right? Gotcha. And then there are a whole list of other cannabinoids that are associated with different effects. Gotcha. Uh, and along with the cannabinoids, we have things that are called terpenes. Now, terpenes are found in every plant, and they are essentially the things that give the plant the smells and the flavors. So there are things like pinene or limine, as the name would kind of entail. Uh, they kind of smell like pines or like lemons, and they're found in, you know, pine trees and lemons. Uh, So you could have products that have uh, more or less concentrations Mm -hmm. of these uh, variable terpenes, and that in itself will give you different effects. So the more that you understand what you like, you can kind of curate your experience a little bit more. Well, no wonder you said, you know, walking into a dispensary is overwhelming, but (laughs) in a good way, in in your terms. I want to be clear, even though it's legal, are there places where marijuana isn't allowed Yes. Um, I mean, depending yeah. on how you look at it, that you can't smoke publicly here in Illinois. Yeah. You know, so um, only legal on private property. Correct. Correct. And then if you go to states like Indiana, it's definitely a no go. Uh, there are places all over the country where cannabis is still very much so illegal. And so knowing the laws where you are is extremely important. Very important. Uh, Tom, you sell uh, CBD products that have little or no THC in them. What's the appeal and, and use case for, for THC-free cannabis mm-hmm. products? Um, yeah, I would say THC-free products. Those are going to be like your THC-free CBD oil, CBD gummies, mm-hmm. um, sometimes vapes. Uh, this can be good for people who are sensitive to THC or just don't tolerate the intoxicating effects of THC well, but still want to try cannabis products for things like helping manage pain, um, getting better sleep and um, calming racing thoughts and yeah. reduction in anxiety, things like that. What What do you think people should know before going to a dispensary? What's your take? Um, well, there's definitely a lot of factors uh, that play into how you experience a cannabis product. Um, one of the main ones is going to be your biochemistry at the time of consumption. That's everything from like your blood sugar level, blood pressure, um, how much sleep you got. That can all affect how you uh, react to a certain product. Um, the amount of THC in that product uh, plays a big role. Yeah. Um, and then, like, how you consume it, um, like the consumption method. Um, 
plays yeah. plays another big role. So Lots to the bioavailability, yeah, the bioavailability um, of that product and the onset time is going to vary based on what product you consume. So, for example, uh, consuming a 10 milligram gummy is going to feel much different than, uh, for example, inhaling 10 milligrams. Right. Right. THC. So, okay, talk to us a bit about growing cannabis at home because you offer this class. It's called Growing 101. Yes. What's that like, teaching people how to grow at home? <laughs> it's It's been great. Uh, as I've been, you know, fortifying my own relationship with cannabis, I feel like teaching people that they can cultivate it themselves has been such another great thing uh, in my own journey. And really what I wanted people to understand is that it's not a super alien, monumental task that requires you know, a miracle for mm-hmm. it to occur. Like it can be done from the comfort of your own home. I always tell people that my first grow tent was smaller than my refrigerator and it was next to my refrigerator, <laughs> you know? Well, I got 30 more seconds with you. So I want you to give your final pitch to people listening to us that are uh, first time users that might be over 65, right? Why should they give cannabis a try? Cannabis has a variety of benefits that could help you out, whether you need help sleeping, whether you need help managing your appetite or you just need a little help in social settings. I think that once you understand what's available to you, you can make your best judgment. Jungle K is a media creator and cannabis educator, and Tom Glashevsky is an owner of Chicago Cannabis Company. Thank you both so much. Thanks for having me.